game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Kulak on the left point. Now to Dayarnay. His shot, and that's blocked. And it comes out, and Twistle has a partial break into the Oilers and down the right wing. The backhand and a bad save by Pickard. A penalty penalty coming up and it is a penalty shot. It's the right shot. Brings the puck in. Goes to the left side. Now to the middle. Shoot. Save by Pickard. He shuts the door on Entwistle and stops the penalty shot. The Oilers still up 1-0. Calvin Pickard. The story tonight for your Edmonton Oilers who have now won 15 consecutive games. Pickard with his fifth career shutout. He stops 27 pucks tonight. His first shutout since November 23rd, 2018 when he played for the Philadelphia Flyers and he made 31 saves in a 4-0 win over the New York Rangers. He is the first star this evening and that's his save of the game on a penalty shot in the second period for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. The goal scorers, McDavid on a power play early in the second period, Hyman with his 29th in the third, and then McDavid into an empty net with a minute 15 to go. So the Oilers have now one of the five longest winning streaks in NHL history. The Islanders in 81-82, the Penguins in 2012-13, also got to 15. The Blue Jackets and Sam Gagne in 16-17 got to 16. And the all-time record, the Penguins of 92-93 got to 17. So it is truly historic what the Oilers are doing here. They're doing it with a lot of different players stepping up. Certainly some, some of their stars came through tonight. But the backup goalie, really Rob, the third string goalie from yep. the start of this, this season. Uh, gets the shutout tonight. You were talking with Bob. He's five and two. The the storylines the storylines keep coming. The wins keep coming for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, we talked before the game how there's been so many different heroes for the Oilers during this winning streak, and most nights it hasn't been on the back of their star players and their their incredible power play. Tonight their star players scored all three goals, but. This game was hung in the balance for quite a while as the Blackhawks just stayed close. And Pickard had to make some big saves. He he stopped a penalty shot. Uh, There was two or three grade-A scoring chances late in the second and early in the third. Uh, He looked calm. Um, Again, another quality start. So this is, uh, the Oilers have been getting very good goaltending on this 15-game winning streak. Here's head coach Chris Knobloch. Attitude is work ethic on practice. Um, you know, there's guys that you cheer for and you're happy when they have success. He's absolutely one of them. And, you know, since I've, I've been here, I've noticed he's played really well, like very solid. And, you know, he's had some tough games where we haven't defended very well in front of him. But overall, his I think every single game he's been really solid for. And tonight he was out, <coughs> outstanding. Yeah, and usually when you talk about Oilers hockey, you talk about high-octane, high-scoring games. It hasn't been like that recently. You guys are pulling out some pretty close wins. So what's going into preparing for winning games like this? Well, guys are sticking with it, and we're getting better as the game goes on. And we'd like our starts to be a little bit stronger. We'd like to get the first goal and not look back. Unfortunately, it hasn't been like that. We're just... um, 
we're just playing good enough to win right now. I think we got a lot more on our group, but um, as a coach, we're just as a coaching staff, we're always pushing our guys, trying to get better at something each day. And um, right now, I think we've been good enough each night to win games, and that's that's about it. Chris, this is another game where you've allowed two or fewer goals, getting the shout out, obviously tonight. What did you like defensively tonight? You know, I thought we did a good job of getting back into position, and usually breakdowns happen on the entries into the defensive zone. Guy, winger swings away, the defenseman doesn't play the body in the corner. There's some kind of breakdown, but I like our details coming back into our defensive zone, and we are sorting things out. You know, there's a lot of other things that could have been better on the our play with the puck. Um, I think we defended more than we needed to tonight. But I like that our guys, every single group, has been doing those fine little details. And it doesn't take any skill to come in into the defensive zone and stop. And just takes a little bit of concentration. And guys have been doing that. And we've been able to defend pretty well. Uh, this morning, Sam Gagne said when he was with the Blue Jackets in 2016-17, and when they won uh, 16 in a row, the win streak was kind of a big focus for that team. He said with this group, it hasn't been as big of a focus. They've been kind of focusing on playing well. Can you just kind of speak to that, the team's ability to not let this win streak, I guess, be a distraction, if you will? I think there's just so much more at stake. Um, playoffs, um, getting into the playoffs, um, where we are putting ourselves in position, possibly home ice advantage or all those things. And right now, the way the team started, chasing teams. I think everyone's just really excited to be moving up in the standings and giving ourselves a little bit of breathing room. I don't think we talk about it very much. I certainly don't talk about it ever. Um, and when I leave the room and the guys are talking, I don't think they're talking about it. Maybe they are, but I think we're just trying to take uh, one game at a time. Chris, you mentioned that you're playing well enough to win. You, you liked how you defended. So if you look at it, is, what, is there anything specific that you'd like to see better offensively from your team? Better puck management. I think we give away the puck too often, um, whether we're in the offensive zone, throwing it to the blind slot, hoping somebody's there. You know, I think we're good at possession puck. We're good at uh, creating plays and forcing the opposition to um, break down so we have our chances. In the offensive zone, if teams, they're taking away our rush. We know we're dangerous and they're always getting above us. So often it's, it's really tough to create any offense when it's a three-on-three three or a four-on-four, four when unless it's an odd man rush. And then if we're trying to make plays, we're just probably giving away the puck and then we have to go back and defend. So I think as a, as a team, that's one area that we, sh we need to get better at. I don't know. I know you only saw like seven minutes of him before he got injured, and then now he's been back for three games. What, what, what have you seen from Holloway that you like? There's lots I like. He's finishing his checks. He's been good defensively. Uh, plays with a lot of speed. He's in on the four check. Um, he's creating scoring chances, whether he's getting the shots off or he's setting guys up. And he's also been pretty safe. And I talk about not giving away the pucks. He hasn't given away pucks to create offense. So, you know, I think we can always get faster, getting a little more assertive. He has been, um, he has been, so he's helped our team. Chris, just over here. Uh, did you see many or any similarities to the Columbus game tonight? The way your team, and the way your team played? Sorry. <laughs> you know, I think the Columbus game was a 
low for what I've seen about the puck management, the amount of giveaways that we had. I thought we were a lot better tonight, but we still have room to um, improve there. You mentioned this morning about how you felt like the lines were stale in that game. You've obviously made a lot of changes, some changes obviously in that game and carried them over to tonight. What did you think of the way the forward lines kind of adjusted in, in their first full game together? I, I, I liked them. You know, they, um, I, I think about, you know, obviously the um, McDavid line got three, three goals tonight. I think for the most part of the game, certainly in the first half of the game, uh, Nugent Hopkins' line was probably the best. And, um, yeah, so now we've got some decisions on what's going to happen next. We've got, uh, you know, we talked about the addition of um, Corey possibly Saturday, and we'll decide what we're going to do there, whether he plays on Saturday or if we feel he's ready or, I don't know, we, we'll decide that tomorrow after practice. But um, yeah, overall, I thought the lines were, were good, so no need to change things up uh, dramatically. That is Edmonton Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. By the way, he's 25-6. and six as a head coach in the National Hockey League. The Oilers are 23-3 and in their last 26 games. Uh, but as he said, Rob, there's things they got to work on. Well, I like what he said right at the very beginning when he talked about we're playing good, just good enough to win. Um, I mean, this was a, a fairly close game against a, a bad Blackhawks team. Uh, they, they beat a poor Columbus team that they weren't the better team for the th first 40 minutes. So they, the Oilers are good. Uh, from top down, they are a very talented hockey club that they can play just good enough and somehow find a way to win the game in the end. But the Chris Knobloch isn't preparing this team to play against Columbus or Chicago or St. Louis or, or Anaheim. Knobloch's trying to prepare this team to play against Colorado and Vegas and Dallas and Winnipeg. And he knows that to play against those teams, you can't have the turnovers and the, the poor puck management that the others have had a little bit in the last couple of games. So, uh, again, it's easy teaching uh, and showing video to players when you're on a winning streak. Uh, and they will continue to try and push to be a better hockey club. But tonight, again, they, they the emotion of this game wasn't there as we've seen in past games. And, again, it's tough but they played just well enough to get the two points and, and move on to the next challenge. 3-0 over Chicago tonight. And I will say, I mean, we're kind of comparing games now at this point. I, I, I mean, I thought Chicago, though, but you got to give, like, they played a very dogged game. And their goaltender was good. Yep. I mean, there were a couple times where the Oilers had some pressure and maybe they could have stretched it earlier mm -hmm. than they did. But comparing... It's weird. I mean, Chicago has a, a really bad record. If you, They beat them twice on this winning streak, the Oilers have, and both games have been close. Certainly, I thought the Oilers were poor in Chicago, but, I mean, Chicago, like I said, they're dogged. They they get in the way. I thought I thought they work. Well, I, I think they're, they're a hard-working team, and I'll, I'll reiterate what I said before. I think they're well-coached. I think they have very good structure. The reason they're losing hockey games isn't because of their work ethic or their coaching. The reason they're losing hockey games is they don't have the talent. 
Uh, they have too many players out of the lineup. Before the season started, many picked Chicago to be one of the worst teams in, in the entire National Hockey League. And that was with the eight, nine players that are out of the lineup. They still thought they weren't going to be a good team. Uh, they had what I think I counted 10 players playing tonight with 180 or fewer games in the National Hockey League. On the back end, they had seven of their eight defensemen, 180 games or fewer in the National Hockey League. This is a very inexperienced team uh, that uh, just gets by strictly on, on work ethic and, and battle level. And uh, listening to their coaching staff and playing a pretty disciplined game. Uh, they don't take a lot of penalties. They don't turn the puck over where they're trying to force plays. When they turn the puck over, simply it's, it was a, it's a lack of skill. So uh, they, they force the Oilers to, to play a, a boring-style hockey game. The problem for the Chicago Blackhawks is when they get their chances, they don't have that guy that can put the puck in the net. Without Bedard, without Taylor Hall, uh, they don't have a guy that just needs that one mistake by the opposition to score. They need to work really, 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 really hard to get a scoring chance. And tonight, when they did get one of those, Pickard was there, and there was never really a second or a third opportunity in front of them. Oilers take it 3-0. I just want to touch on another story that's been big in Alberta for the last week or so, and uh, the Spruce Grove Saints have tweeted out, a statement from themselves, from Brooks, from the Crusaders, from Okotoks, and from Black Falls, mm -hmm. uh, saying our five teams remain members in good standing of the AJHL, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Hockey Alberta, and Hockey Canada. We have not entered into any agreement to leave any of those organizations, nor we have, nor have we made any announcement to that effect. They're saying they don't agree that the AJHL game should be mm -hmm. cancelled or postponed. The AJHL basically said today, these teams will not play AJHL games. They yep. can play each other if they want. They can't play Fort Mac, Olds, or other teams. Uh, and I'm just reading this all this on the fly here. The BCHL a week ago, what, on the 20th, said that it has come to terms with those five mm -hmm. teams in Alberta. So uh, See, something isn't adding up, so this story keeps rolling well, along. To, to me, is uh, the five teams are leaving uh, next year. I think you're doing a disservice by not playing against them this year because there's all the players that play in the AJHL, the majority, they, they're looking for scholarships. They want, whether it's an American scholarship uh, to a Canadian university, they want to continue their hockey careers. If you don't play against those five teams because you're mad at them, you're taking away opportunities for these kids to play extra games. And those five teams are the best five teams usually. So guess who the scouts from all of these schools are coming to watch play? So if you're not playing against Brooks, who usually is the best team, then the, 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 the university scouts aren't coming to look at those players. So uh, you're, you're losing out on income, revenue, because if you're, count, you're cutting games, you're not playing as many. So now when Brooks isn't coming to your rink, you're not going to be able to get the revenue of the gate, the revenue of the beer, the revenue of the food. And I understand they're upset that those five teams are leaving. But to me, finish the season. They're still here this year. Finish the season, play all the games, and let all of these kids. I think the big, the, the bottom line is you got to look what's best for this, the, the, the athlete, what's best for the hockey player, these young kids. Give them every opportunity to be able to move on. That's just my two cents. Yeah, this is going to be uh, a developing story, and we'll uh, continue to work and get, uh, get clarity on this for sure. Oilers win it 3-0 over the Chicago Blackhawks. They've won 15 straight. A shutout by this guy, Calvin Pickard. 
Calvin, it's been, uh, I think, almost six years since you've had a shutout in the NHL. Just some thoughts on being here and having a win like that tonight. Yeah, shutouts are uh, definitely a team stat. I thought we defended well all night. Um, definitely took over towards the latter part of the game. And, um, you know, I made some saves, but I thought we cleared out a lot of rebounds and, and blocked a lot of shots. So it's definitely a, a team shutout for sure. Kevin, you have had a start in two weeks. How have you been able to um, stay sharp and how challenging has it been for you to you know, try to stay sharp? Yeah, I've been, th been through this before for sure. Um, practice time is uh, is big for me. Um, definitely got a lot of time with, with Shorty and, and a lot of team practices. So um, getting my chance to go in today, uh, not putting too much pressure on myself and um, going from there. Calvin, it like you're all over that, that penalty shot. You feel like you... Uh, had that track pretty well. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I always remind myself to be patient and uh, get out and have a good gap. So um, when he took that shot, I was in a good spot. So um, it was a good time to make a save right th right at the end of the second period there. Do you? I don't know what you thought when you came up originally and joined the Oilers if it was going to be a long stint or a short one. But you've been here a long time now. What's it been like in your personal life? Uh, you're a full-time NHL guy again. I'm not sure if that was in the plans this year. Uh, I mean, it's always what you're striving to do, for sure. Um, when I got called up, it's a good opportunity for me. And, um, you know, it started off with not much action there for a while. But, uh, you know, I've been happy with where my game's at the last couple of months. And uh, I just want to keep doing my thing. What's it been like for you being part of this win streak, seeing it all unfold? Part of it. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to have many 15-game winning streaks without two goalies. And um, like I said, when I get my chance to play, I just want to go in and not to, not put too much pressure on myself and, um, you know, stick to the, with the things I know and, and uh, yeah, just do my thing. Is it hard not to put a little pressure on yourself? You don't want to be the guy that goes in there in the street. <laughs> I mean, if you think of it that way, for sure, you're going to be nervous and, and have a lot of, uh, you don't want to put that pressure on yourself, obviously. It's in the back of your mind obviously um, you know playing against Chicago they played well tonight they worked hard and, and kind of threw a lot at us but um, as the game went on we uh, we took over which was nice but uh, yeah it's been a good ride but uh, we're taking it game by game for sure uh, look like the happiest guy on the ice for you was Stuart Skinner uh, what's that relationship like how's it growing between the two of you yeah it's been really good um, you know he's been electric lately it's been fun to watch him play and and uh, you know he's he's single-handedly won us a few games for sure on the streak so um, you know, off the ice, he's a great person. Um, it makes it that much better for sure. So um, it was nice to see him excited for me. And, and uh, I just wanted to, you know, obviously he's been playing a lot lately and it was good to get him out of the net and, and get me in there. So it's uh, it's good. It's it's really good relationship we have. All right, that is Calvin Pickard who gets the shutout. And, yeah, great ovation from the fans for him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could tell his... Yeah, I mean, you've said it before, the, the backup goalie, often extremely popular. Yep. Uh, and then when he wins, even better. Yeah. Well, it's a tough, tough role because you don't know when you're going to play. Uh, usually, if you're the backup goalie and you get put in mid-game, it's because things aren't going well for your team or someone's gotten hurt. And the way that the other schedule has been set up here in January they could have played Skinner every game. So you're sitting there wondering when that next game is. So there's long stretches for him. Throw in the fact that, I mean, it's Chicago Blackhawks. They should not beat the Oilers. But you got this special streak going here right now, and you get put in, and that's a little added pressure on the uh, the backup goalie going in there. But he was excellent. Uh, he's given them a quality start every time he has played this year. 
and that is huge. When he came up, he came up to a bad hockey club who just got rid of uh, their goaltender. Everything was going wrong, and he walked into a dressing room and just made himself comfortable. And when he was given his chance, he gave his team a chance to win a hockey game. So, yeah, it's a wonderful story, but it's a wonderful story because when he got the opportunity this year with the Edmonton Oilers, he took full advantage of it. All right, you can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Darnell Nurse and from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Can you believe it? The Oilers just keep rolling. 15 wins in a row, 3-0 over Chicago tonight. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Won't get it out. Dry saddle to McDavid. Waiting, waiting. Shoot. Scores! Connor McDavid with the empty netter. Makes it 3-0 for the Oilers. Yes, McDavid puts it away. 3-0 win. McDavid up to 19 goals on the season as he has a productive night this evening. McDavid with two goals and an assist. Leon Dreisaitl has three assists. Hyman scores. Nugent Hopkins has a helper. And, of course, Calvin Pickard gets the shutout. He's the first star. Connor McDavid, the second star. Mrazek, very good for Chicago, is the third star. Our fourth star is for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, I mean, Leon did have three assists in the game, right. and all the <laughs> offense came from his line and his power play unit. So Leon Dreisel to me, is the four-star of the hockey game. Uh, what do you think of uh, McLeod and Holloway and Brown? Uh, well, I, I think McLeod and Holloway have certainly have some chemistry. They both skate uh, very, very fast beside each other. They, they made some nice plays. I thought Holloway was excellent in this hockey game. Uh, I think he continues to impress. Um, Brown was fine there. It'll be interesting to see if Perry plays next game, if Perry moves onto that line with McLeod and Holloway. If he does, he will need a head start on some of the line rushes because he certainly will not be keeping up to those two. Uh, but, yeah, th- they were good. Uh, they continue to be uh, productive when they're on the ice. Uh, Holloway threw some hits. He was in on the forecheck, making smart plays. And I think y- you heard... Chris Knobloch talk about him is he, he trusts him. He trusts that he makes the right plays defensively. And unless you are a guy that's scoring 40 goals or having 100-point seasons, you don't get on the ice if the coach doesn't trust you to make the right plays defensively all the time. And Holloway has come up and done that. There's, there's certain players love coaching changes. Certain players don't. But one player that certainly has benefited from a coaching change has been Dylan Holloway, who didn't seem ever to find any traction uh, with Woodcroft. But he has played very, very well thus far in his three games under Chris Knobloch. We got a winner tonight in Josh of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at two and a half third period goals by the Oilers. It was under at two. Set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it as the Oilers win 3-0 over the Blackhawks. So again, those uh, other winning streaks of 15 or longer, the Penguins in 12-13, Islanders in 81-82, Blue Jackets in 16-17, Penguins in 92-93. 
They won 17 games in a row, and then they had a tie, and then their regular season ended. <laughs> uh, of those four other teams, one of them won the Stanley Cup. That was the Islanders in 81-82. Remember who they beat in the final? Was it the Edmonton Oilers? It was the Canucks. Oh, see, I did not know that. Actually, the, I never would have guessed that. That was the year the Canucks had like 77 or 78 points and made it to the final. Yeah, again, that's uh, two questions you asked me tonight, and you could have given me multiple choice answers. I would have gotten them wrong. Well, fortunately, I only have to analyze this game. Yes, that's true. But this is, I mean, you look at this list, it's... I like the 1929 Bruins that are on that list. Yeah, I was talking about them yesterday with Bryn. That was the year they came up with offside as it exists today. Because you couldn't pass the puck forward in the offensive zone, and then they changed that. So then guys were just standing in front of the net all the whole game. So then they said you have to, the puck has to be the first thing across the blue line. The game was evolving. Well, it's funny. I was watching a thing the other day. I didn't realize up until it was in the 1960s, whenever there was a penalty, there was only one penalty box. I watched they showed a fight. Bob Pulford and another guy got into a fight on the ice. Then they went to the penalty box and sat beside each other in the penalty box. (laughs) Then they fought again. And the very next game, Toronto put in a second penalty box. But up until the mid-1960s, every arena had one penalty box, and the players on both teams could sit there at the same time. I thought it was quite yeah, funny. I, did, I never knew that. Neither did I. I, was, I watched that on TV the other day. Well, there's, and there wouldn't be a bunch of video for that era either. <laughs> there was, but there so, was. But they there, showed there's they, some. There's they some. Showed I mean, some, there was Hockey Night in Canada. But, it was yeah. kind of funny. All right. The Japanese Village Goal Light, not turned on tonight on 630Ched.com, but we do activate it whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. 780-496-0063. We have Bradley standing by. Bradley, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, just a observation slash question. I mean, I don't want to drag any past coaching staff uh, in the mud here. I know Jay Woodcroft did a, a lot of good work with the organization, but I'm just wondering: is this little run we're on? Is it a? Is it more so? You know, Knobloch and his ability to inspire confidence in the club, or is it? Woodcroft's inability to do that because I, I have no doubt Woodcroft is a good uh, tactician and he's good at his X and O's, but it, it's just remarkable to me that in a span of you know 90 days, the club has turned it around so quick and so yeah. fast. Like it's so powerful, it, it's just mind blowing to me. I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm not complaining. But what what can you guys truly attribute well, it to? I, I think it's a lot of things. First of all. Um, like we said earlier in the season, some of the stuff may have not been Jay Woodcroft's fault, but it was his problem. I know a caller a few years ago said that, so I've stolen it. <laughs> so sometimes coaches lose their jobs, not because they caused the problem, but because they couldn't fix it yep. or fix it fast enough. I, I think Ekholm and McDavid, neither one was 100% early in the season. Um, I think the team... Uh, you know, I talked about this with Drew Remenda, was so focused on Game 83, playoff Stanley Cup, they maybe forgot about, mm-hmm. oh, we got to get there first. But, quite frankly, I mean, you, you, the, uh, Bradley credited Woodcroft for the X's and O's. I think Knobloch's X's and O's have been outstanding. And I, maybe at a highest level, at least so far, of, a, of an Oilers coach we've seen. Well, I mean, 
You got to remember last year the Oilers ended off was it 18 2 and 1 under Woodcroft. Yep. So they have had some pretty he, good well, runs. He had great runs. I mean, and Woodcroft uh, when he were, when he was fired had the best record regular season uh, percentage-wise than any coach in the history of the Edmonton Oilers. I think it's the combination of the things that you said read about the start of the season and I thought the others came in as you said they're thinking of game 83 I thought they played arrogant to start with I think there was a confidence and they didn't have to put the work in I think they hit rock bottom and all of a sudden the leadership group turned it around I felt if they did not fire the coach the others still would be a playoff team and they would be a much better hockey club the, the, the leadership of this group would have turned it around but it wasn't being turned around quick enough and Ken Holland saw uh, he, he 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 understood that you can't find yourself that far behind, and if it didn't, if he didn't stop the bleeding soon, he didn't know when the bleeding would stop. Um, and Knobloch's come in, and I, I, I do think the players appreciate his demeanor. I think they like the calmness about him. Uh, he has changed a few things tactically on the penalty kill, the way that he's, he's created chemistry by play, playing the same players together all the time. Um, so I, I think it's a combination of the coaching has been very good, but also the players haven't hit rock bottom and realized that they had to turn their game around, and that has led to a very, very nice run for Chris Knobloch's Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we've, well, we haven't seen the Oilers play this well defensively for this long. No. I mean, we've no. seen improvements, and we've seen good goaltending. I mean, we, we always flash back to 16-17 the work McClellan did and how Talbot played. But, you know, this well, it's a shutout. It's another game in which they allow two goals or fewer. Mm-hmm. They've done that 13 games in a row. The the first two games of the winning streak, they allowed three, which even then is still a winnable really good, game yes. if you hold the team to three or less. And and as we've talked about with Skinner, I mean, what are the last few goals he's allowed? Two, uh, two breakaways, uh, the three-on-one against Calgary. What was the other night against Columbus? I don't even remember the goal. I can't remember. But but the the the, the thing is when when Talbot was so good that season, and I said it afterwards, he to me he was the Oilers' MVP, and it was because he was stealing games. And last year when the Oilers went 18 to and won over the last 21 games, there were a couple games they were not the better team in those games, but their goaltending was sensational. Now Skinner's been excellent. But up until the game against Columbus the other night, the Oilers are playing so much better defensively that he does not have to steal games. They're getting great goaltending, but they're not getting goaltending that they need to win these games. He's not having to steal them because the team is playing so well. And I, So that's why I, I agree when you say that this is the best defensive effort we've seen Edmonton put together for long stretches because at the end of the night you're thinking, yeah, that's probably... Yeah, they probably only deserved two against, or they probably only deserved one against. So they've got a combination right now of very good defensive play combined with really good goaltending, and that allows a team with Connor and Leon and Hyman and Nuge and, and Kane and, and all these offensive players, it allows them to, to win games 3-0, 2-1, 3-2. They're not having to score 5-6. and six to win hockey games because they're playing so much better defensively. Yeah, well, and I think we see just more desperation, guys back, and, you know, a lot of the goals scored in the NHL are you, know, you make them goalie move. You yep. know, it's it, putting breakaways and, and two-on-ones aside, but if... But you know, even the, the, a two-on-one, the, the goalie's moving. The goalie's moving, true. Uh, the, the Matthews goal the other night. I mean, of course, he's an elite scorer, 
but that's a pass from the boards, basically three quarters away across the ice. That's a long way for a goalie to go. I, I mean, that's the, the the great thing about hockey. There can be such a fine line. What makes a good defensive team? Is it a great goalie who's the backbone, or is it a, a good goalie with a hard defending team in front of them and everybody looks a little better? I, you know, you can you can, or it could be different every night. But I do think the Oilers are defending better. There's fewer open chances. There's fewer flat-up dumb pinches mm-hmm. that lead to rushes. And again, Woodcroft and Manson weren't telling players, okay, let's pinch, guys. You know, I, I, even if it's 20%, we'll live with giving up a 3 on But there but also wasn't accountability. Players weren't getting benched or sat or missing shifts when there were those big uh, bonehead-type plays. And another thing you, you didn't throw in there is how often do you see second and third chances in front of the Oilers' net now? And we talked a lot yeah. over the last couple of years about the blue paint, how the Oilers would lose battles. And teams would get second, third, fourth chances. They would stand there uh, and not have any pressure on them. Yeah. The opposition players shooting in rebounds, tipping plays. Well, we don't, we're not seeing that now. Now, again, the Oilers' competition has not been as strong in January. But they took care of them all. February is going to get a little harder. It'll be a much bigger test for the Oilers. But before we get there, we get to have a fun game Saturday afternoon against the Nashville team that does have enough skill to be able to give the Oilers a good game. They've got a great goaltender. Yeah, they got a good. Away. they got a good power play. They've got uh, one of the best defensemen in the world in Roman Yossi. They are right now hanging on to a playoff spot. Uh, it will be a test for the Oilers. This will be a, a really good test for the Oilers that you do not want to look ahead to your all-star break or that Vegas game that could tie the record that comes right after the, the break. Well, I think we should touch on, too, I mean, what did Shannon say the other night, that he he was glad he got to meet Chris Knobloch to check if he had a pulse yeah. or something <laughs> like that? I mean, Knobloch is extremely calm. Yep. You, you see the shots of him on the bench, it's almost always the same facial expression. You, you hear him in the interviews, he's very measured. Uh, and, and again, I... You know, when I, it's so fresh still with Jay. I don't want to make it sound like Jay was out of control. But if I were to evaluate Chris, he's very calm. And the team, you know, Hyman said it after the game, we're calm. We, and and they're, they're, they're staying with it, right? Like it's never, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's eight minutes into the first period. If we, I can't believe we're not up one nothing already. we got to go nuts. Having said that, he's got a 23-6 and six record. It's easy to be calm when your True. team wins oh, yeah, all the sure. time. But, yes, no, he does. His demeanor is very calm. He's uh, appreciative of where he's at. There doesn't seem to be any arrogance in the man. He just, he's enjoying what he's doing. He loves the, to be around the rink. He loves coaching. And, again, everything that he has touched has worked. Uh, there was a lot of people that were chatting, why are they changing the lines when you're on a 14-game winning streak? Well, the new line that he put together, Connor, Leon, and Hyman, scored all three goals tonight. Connor hasn't had a multiple-point game in eight or nine games. He has three tonight. I thought it was important that they put those guys together because I think they wanted to get Connor going offensively. He and his linemates have been snake bit a little bit. Playing well, the puck's not going in the back of the net. Tonight he found back of the net twice, and his line was very, very good. Oilers win 3-0. That's a $300 donation to 630 Jed Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net with 100 bucks for Santa's every time the Oilers score. We will go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Aiden on the line. Aiden, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I was just going to ask quickly... Uh, two questions but i'll make them quick are you more concerned 
about the lackluster play over the past few games, or is that concern kind of nullified by the fact that they're finding ways to win and giving up minimal goals? And then second question is, how do you see the level of play over the past few games factoring into when to start Corey Perry? Um, good questions. I, I'd, I'm not concerned. Uh, they played against two teams near the bottom of the standings. Uh, it's hard to have the same emotional, uh, uh, same emotion in, in, in all games, all 82 games. There's going to be games that are uh, easier to get up for, playing Montreal, playing Toronto, playing Vegas, those playing L.A., Calgary. It's, so you can't have it. But they found a way to win these games. So to me, I'm not concerned. As for playing Corey Perry, now that one's a tough one. <laughs> I, I, if, if he comes in on Saturday, that means you're taking someone out of the lineup that's been part of the first 15-game winning streak. That's a tough one. A lot of coaches don't like taking anyone out on any winning streaks, but obviously uh, 15 games, it's hard to go with the same lineup all the time. But if you're bringing a guy from the outside who hasn't been with your organization long, so that's tough. Having said that, if he doesn't play Saturday and they win, first game back's Vegas. Well, if you're not going to play him Saturday because of a winning streak, it's really hard to play him in Vegas because that will be going for a record. Uh, he's going to play either Saturday or he'll play in Vegas. One of the two, I think they're going to base it on how he looks in practice. Is he up to speed? Um, and then we'll, we'll get a, a better idea, I guess, after practice tomorrow. He will, be, he will make this team better. I don't know how much better, but he will make them better. And I look forward to seeing the first game. I'm a Corey Perry fan. I was a Corey Perry fan when everyone in Edmonton hated him. I like the way he plays. I like the way he represented our country. And I'm looking forward to seeing him the first time with an Edmonton Oilers jersey on. 3 nothing. The Oilers take it tonight over the Blackhawks. Let's go back down to the dressing room. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Another night, not an easy night, but really uh, stuck with it to kind of, uh, yeah, I know, keep the streak alive, but yep. just get another victory. I mean, we knew coming in uh, it wasn't going to be an easy one for sure. Uh, the way these guys have been playing lately, I know they have, uh, they're pretty banged up, but they're just, they're just working. And we experienced that in Chicago. I think we had 15 or 16 shots or something like that. I mean, it's, uh, we expected a, a tough game tonight, and uh, uh, they lived up to it for sure. But um, when we needed, uh, we got the saves from Pixie, and uh, we just kind of st stuck around and um, uh, played within ourselves and uh, stayed confident. What did you think of, uh, well, you know, I know we talked a lot about Stewart. It's not easy being a backup bowling coming in sometimes once a week or so to, to step in with, with lots of pressure to keep the streak alive and keep this team going in the right direction. I think every time he's stepped in, he's, he's been outstanding for us. Um, the Detroit game, he made some huge saves uh, to keep us in it. Same thing tonight. Um, <clears throat> obviously, like you said, it's uh, it can't be easy. I mean, I, I don't I don't really experience that, so it's it's uh, I can't speak for him, but I I understand it. Uh, it wouldn't be easy uh, to just step in um, every once in a while, but I mean, uh, every time he's in there, he's he's dialed in and uh, he's making those big ones when we need him to. Ryan pulled away in the third for the second straight game, but how would you rate the overall performance of the group tonight? Um. I mean, overall, I, I think we uh, played a pretty solid 60. We, we kept it simple. Like I said before, it, we understood it wasn't going to be an easy one. Uh, we weren't going to be trading chances, and uh, they don't really give up many uh, odd man rushes, so it's going to come uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, shots from point, uh, a lot of just rebounds and building off that. But I thought we did a good job just staying around and um, staying confident uh, in our ability to just uh, just to be there and uh, be able to come out with two points. This new way you're playing, like, it's here to tell you 
not as exciting as the old way. <laughs> it wins. Good. What's, what's it like from your side? Is it's it exciting for us. I mean, that's, that's how we want to play. Uh, we've been striving to play like this for a long time now. And, uh, I mean, it's just it's supposed to stay around in games. Uh, obviously, the goalies have to step up and, and make the big saves when uh, we need them to, and they've been doing a great job of that. Uh, I think defensively we've just been solid. It's, it's not trading chances here and there. Obviously, we have some guys that can open games up, but uh, we don't need to do that every night. It's just uh, staying within ourselves and, uh, and trusting the process, and um, I think it's uh, it's paying off right now. Are you finding that teams are sort of getting up you a lot more than they used to? You kind of have a target on your back. Everybody wants to be the team now that ends this streak. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, if I was on the other side, uh, I, would, I would be thinking the same thing. I remember going into Columbus and... And they're they're on a roll too, and you definitely want to uh, try to end it. But uh, I think uh, we're not thinking too much of it. We're just trying to play the same way every night, and it's uh, like right now it's paying off. Like Sam said earlier today that when he was with Columbus when they won 16 in a row, the win streak was a big focus for them. But it hasn't been so much for this group. Why and how is that? Well, I mean. First of all, the start we had, uh, we know that we, we need a couple streaks, a couple uh, um, good stints to, to kind of claw, claw our way back, and we're still not in the position that uh, we're, we're not satisfied. I mean, we want to keep getting better and better, so, I mean, obviously we've strung a lot together here, um, but we want to keep the same mentality of just playing solid every night uh, and making it a tough night for, for the other group coming in here every single night, so um, I think we've done a great job of not getting too high right now, and uh, obviously a big one on Saturday to finish it off. Ryan, Chris was talking this morning about maybe the lines being a little bit stale uh, last game. Did you sense that? And how did you feel like the kind of the response was from the forward group? I mean, I thought yeah. uh, I thought tonight every line chipped in and um, uh, played solid defensively and, uh, and had some good looks. So uh, it's good to see. All right, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins as the Oilers beat the Blackhawks 3 nothing. Um, and he sort of alluded to this, but I mean, teams... They want to be the team. And I'm wondering, Rob, we still talk romantically about, remember the year the Hawks were good and the Oilers sucked? But they beat them 9-2 and 8-4. Like, that was the... <laughs> so, I mean, a team like Chicago or Columbus, Anaheim next week, if the streak is still going or not, beating the Oilers could be, well, we won 25 games, but we beat that good Edmonton team that year. I mean, they are going to get... Well. Yeah, for these teams, it'll be their their, their playoff. It'll be their Stanley Cup. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to finish in the bottom three in the National Hockey League. They This would have been a huge victory for them. I mean, if the Anaheim Ducks, if the Oilers get there, it's going to be Edmonton and Anaheim, and that would be a game that the Oilers should win all day long. But you kidding me? That'll be the most pumped the Anaheim Ducks will be all season long. They're going to be a non-playoff team, but they have a chance to stop an all-time record against a team that's going to try to win its 18th in a row. So yes, uh, these teams they get up for it. They this is their their moment because they're not going to they're not going to have a moment in game 83. So their moment might come in game 54, and that's the moment that they're going to remember the the rest of the the summer once the season is over. Go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Chris this evening. Chris, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How are you guys doing tonight? Very well. Uh, well, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. First off, uh, you know what? Great game, and you know what? Great story for Calvin Pickard tonight, getting the shutout. Uh, I actually didn't know this was his, uh, his 100th uh, career NHL start, which I actually thought was pretty cool tonight that he gets the shutout in tonight. So good, good for him. He was solid tonight. 
And I wanted to was just thinking about because uh, I know you had a caller a couple moments ago asking about you know when is your time to put in a, a Corey Perry for your next game. I know there's still talk about oh maybe it's Saturday and you try and get your game before the All Star break. And I know sometimes it's tough to try to you know get, move away from uh, you know the winning formula and the guys for doing it. But you also look at the guys have been moving out too. Like we're now four games with Gagne back in the lineup and three with Holloway back too. And uh, they've helped equip themselves nicely. Like they're, it's not taken away from the uh, the, uh, the the momentum of the team rates now, and it's helped. They've helped contribute in both different ways with you know. Holloway's looked way better, and uh, Gagne, you know, he got the game winner on uh, that Battle of Alberta game, which I still don't know how that goal manages to get through, but uh, hey, we'll take it anyways. But uh, it does, uh, I think it shows that you can, the team is comfortable that you can make slight additions, and they'll be able to make ways around it. Well, I, yeah, it, it's Guy coming in on your third or fourth line. It's the Oilers are good enough up front that they don't. That's not going to make a big change. The only thing that, to me, is it's when Gagne came back. He came back from injury from the team he was already on all season. Holloway came back from injury from the team that he belongs to. Perry's come from the outside, so his first game in this organization will be in a game ahead of somebody that's already been here. But at the end of the day, Perry's going to play whether it's Saturday in Vegas in Anaheim. He's going to play one of those games, and when he does, I do believe the Oilers will be a better hockey team because of it. All right. 3-0. They've won 15 in a row. They are 28-15-1 on the season. They are third in the Pacific Division, five points behind Vegas uh, with four games in hand. The points percentage is a slight advantage to the Oilers now, 648 to 646. It is uh, a fun ride here in oil country as we move towards the final game of January. We'll get to some more phone calls. You'll hear from Darnell Nurse. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. His dry sidle up the left wing to McDavid into the Chicago zone. Back to dry sidle. He'll get it across on the right to Nugent Hopkins. Now to McDavid. Scores! Connor McDavid with a backhand. Peter Morazic was nowhere to be found. That was the only power play of the game. Presented by Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. So the Oilers one for one. Chicago did not have a power play. Did have a penalty shot as we played off the top of the show. And Calvin Pickard came up with the save. He gets the shutout. First of the season, fifth of his career. Last shutout, November 23rd. 2018 when he was with Philly. Pretty cool. It's been a while. It's funny that Connor McDavid goal on the power play, that was more of an open net goal for him than right. the one that he scored into the open net. There was two guys laying down in front of him on the empty net goal. Uh, Mrazek, he bit on the, when Nugent Hopkins got it, he was way out of the net. And it's funny, 
puck follows great players. It, it, you know, everyone jokes, well, he just, that puck just follows that guy wherever he, wherever he goes. Well, the puck actually did follow Connor McDavid there. Nugent Hopkins moves it in front. It slides by a defenseman. It slides by the Blackhawk forward and just raped Connor McDavid with a wide open net. He just calmly pushes it into the, the yawning cage. And I honestly thought, are they going to... I mean, it would, they, they wouldn't have won the challenge, but just the way things go for Hyman, because Morazic, like you said, bit and then stands up and bumps, bumps into in Hyman. Hyman. And but like, it was about four feet outside. Way out of the yeah. crease. And I mean, Hyman didn't do anything, but uh, yeah, but, uh, McDavid. That line was uh, that line was good as the Oilers beat the Blackhawks three nothing for their fifteenth straight win. We have Abbas on the line. Abbas, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey guys, what a team! I can't believe this team is fifteen in a row. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, fun we'll to be an Oilers it. fan yeah. right now. It's amazing. Like, everybody in Toronto, like, I'm going to the autograph session um, in a couple of weeks for the All-Star. But I'm telling you right now, I am I am saying right now with, with conviction, Oilers for Cup 2024, no matter what. <laughs> okay, well, we, we hope so. We'll... We'll deal with it when that happens, though, if that happens. But this is, this is an incredible ride. I mean, again, this is a historic NHL winning streak. There have only been uh, four others that have been 15 or longer. It's one of the five longest winning streaks ever in the NHL. This league's been going on for a while with some pretty good yeah, teams, with, too. You know, from six teams now up to 32. I don't know how many Salt Lake has won in a row, but... Whenever that happens, but yeah, I mean, it's we, we're witnessing something historic. I mean, whatever happens in the playoffs will happen in the playoffs. But in terms of what you can do in the regular season, it's epic, quite frankly. It is. Uh, it, it's funny. How often did you uh, start planning where you're going to be for an afternoon game against the Nashville Predators? But uh, you don't want to miss that because again, something special is going to happen. And it's so cool, though, if they beat Nashville, there's this long break. There's an all-star break, and then your first game is against the, the big old mean Vegas Golden Knights where you can tie the NHL record. So it's a fun time to be an Oilers fan. we got Ashton on the line as well. Ashton, go ahead. Hey, Ashton. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, hey, I'm just, uh, you know, I was at the game, and I love what the Oilers did. And, you know, during these, not just these 15 games, but Knobloch's tenure, do you guys believe that what they're doing defensive-wise, you know, is enough to show us maybe hiccups, you know, we're not going to win every game, and hopefully we win, you know, break the streak. But is it sustainable to get the Oilers further into the playoffs? Oh, the Oilers are in the playoffs. Uh, it's guaranteed. The Oilers are in the playoffs. The Oilers have – there is a – better chance of the Oilers winning the conference, in my opinion, than them missing the playoffs. Uh, there, There's just no teams behind them that I believe are good enough to pass the Oilers, and the Oilers will hit some, have some hiccups, but no. Uh, I said the Oilers would win the play, make the playoffs after they lost to San Jose, and I've, they, they are a very good hockey club. And uh, their defense, will they be tested? Yes, they're going to play better teams in, in February. They're going to find games where they're playing three and four nights, back-to-back games. And when you get tired, sometimes you res- you start going back to think, get back into the ugly habits. But I do believe that this is a team that believes in itself, believes in its system, and for the most part, 
is going, well, is certainly going in the right direction. And this will, I don't know if they're going to sustain being two goals or under every game, but I do believe this is a much, much better defensive team than we have seen, than Reed and I have seen in our entire tenure here. The Flames lost 5-2 to the Blue Jackets tonight. But one thing that you, you got to appreciate is the fact that, uh, is it Oliver? Is that it was Oliver first? Shillington. Oliver Shillington, who has been gone for is a year and a half now. Uh, he took a mental health break from the Calgary Flames. Tonight was his first game back in the National Hockey League in a year and a half. Played 13 minutes. Uh, was even on the night. So congratulations to him getting back into the National Hockey League lineup. I've heard talks where he said he didn't know if he'd ever be here again. So good on him. Uh, he, he, I'm proud of the fact that he stood up and talked, said, I need help. He got the help he needed, and he's back in the NHL. Now, the Predators are here Saturday. They beat the Wild 3-2 as we update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Stars beat the Ducks 4-3 in overtime. Hurricanes over the Devils 3-2. Lightning take down the Coyotes 6-3. Brendan Gallagher likely an expense. Uh, oh, by the way, Huberto got kicked out of that uh, Calgary game for boarding. But uh, it was The guy that he hit was bloodied as he left the ice. And uh, Gallagher with a nasty elbow on uh, Pellick of the Island. And then the Islanders caught up, uh, but then the Canadians wound up winning it 4-3. The Gallagher one was uh, was bad. Bruins over the Senators, 3-2 in overtime. Red Wings shut out the Flyers, 3-0. Uh, McMullet is on the line. McMullet, are you buddies with Cam Moon? Oh, I might have met Cam Moon a few times. You've met him a few times. Okay. <laughs> Stop short of buddy, but you've met him a few times. All right. What's on your mind? Uh, well, a couple of things tonight. Um one, the way Pickard played tonight and the way he's been playing, do you think that's going to uh, silence the, the we-need-a-goalie talk? And the second one, um, there's been a lot of talk about Perry tonight. Um, some people might not like to hear it, but I think he's coming in on Saturday. And as much as I love the guy, I think Gagne is going to come out. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on that? Well, I think that's who would probably yeah. come out. Yeah. I think just you're looking at bottom six, that's where Perry will play. The other five bottom six guys, penalty kill, more or less. Gagne doesn't. He plays on the power play. Perry will take his spot on the power play. That's our prediction. Uh, what was the first? The goalie, t- I mean, I guess it, I mean, we, we don't know what people are going to want to talk about, but the, the goaltending has been good. Skinner's your goalie. You want someone to support Skinner. Uh, are there better goalies uh, than Calvin Pickard? Are there more proven goalies than Calvin Pickard? In the Probably. NHL? Yes. Are there worse? Yes. I mean, he, I, I would say he's probably, well, I don't know every depth chart of every single team down to the fourth goalie, but he's probably one of the better number three goalies. I would think just so. Just given his age and his experience. I agree. I, I think he's on an audition right now, and there's another five weeks, six weeks until the trade deadline. Uh, they will see when they start, if he has to play against some of the better teams in February because of back-to-back, how he competes against them. Because they're not playing the Blackhawks in the playoffs. But Calvin Pickard will play against one or two playoff-type teams in the month of February, and I think he will be judged on that. And they will decide, is he good enough to be the backup for a playoff run? All right, the Oilers win 3 nothing, 15th consecutive victory. You'll hear from Darnell Nurse when we get back. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Rim 
by Bouchard. We'll get it out to center. It was into the skates of Korczynski. It's knocked free. Brought in by McDavid. Down the left wing to Hyman. Scores! Zach Hyman makes it 2-0 Edmonton. Hyman's 29th of the season. He had a chance for 30 at an empty net. McDavid would wind up getting his second of the game and 19th of the season to seal it. 3-0, the Oilers take it. Calvin Pickard, a 27-save shutout as the Oilers have won 15 straight. Back down to the dressing room. Here's defenseman Darnell Nurse. We're another solid team effort defensively. Didn't give up a lot when you did. Your goal was perfect. Yeah, Pickard was uh, a great first tonight. Another really good uh, goal time performance for us but yeah we didn't uh, we didn't give up too much it probably wasn't the most exciting game to, to watch on the outside but I thought for us we stuck uh, to our structure when things got uh, you know a little bit hairy in the D zone we you know collapsed and, and were able to take care of uh, their chances. Do you feel more comfortable as a team now in those low scoring games? Matias talked about that at the end of last year that that's something that the group needed like you're feeling that in the games is it that comfortable in those tight situations? Yeah no I think that's I mean over the course of last month and month and change uh, we've had a lot of these situations where we get into tight games and um, you know the only way you get comfortable with it is, is playing with within those situations more and more and we've uh, done a good job of it lately. Is that what this is? is does it become dress rehearsal to just get good playing tune up games, 3-1 games until the playoffs when you know they're coming? Yeah I mean hopefully um, you know there's, there's more games that if you play the right way the offensive chances come uh, a little more often than maybe over the last stretch but yeah you gotta get more and more comfortable because uh, as the season gets deeper and deeper uh, you know those those games when five you know four or five goals are being scored become uh, you know more and more minimal so for us we gotta get more uh, or continue to be comfortable in the situations you alluded to it it's not overly exciting to watch uh, as a team when you're playing these takes is it as a team more engaged, is it more fun to play? Is it the five-four stuff you used to play? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, speaking from a from a defenseman, uh, it's nice when you're able to to shut things down, limit chances, um, you know, and, and play well and sound defensively. So, um, well, from my perspective, I think it's pretty fun to play in these uh, type of situations. Is this harder hockey to play than maybe the stuff that uh, different uh, areas of Oilers have played before? Is it just different? Um, you, you know what? Uh, I don't know. Every night's every night's different. I can't say. Uh, you know, you play an 82 game schedule. The, the grind is the grind, and uh, it's all it's all tough. Um, but I think you know we've we played some really good hockey over the last month, and like I said month and change. And uh, this guy team got a whole lot of uh, hockey being played. Does it feel like it's on cruise control a little bit? No, Just, no, no, not at all. Um, you get into cruise control in this league, you start to lose games and, and let your game slip, so we can't uh, can't let that happen at all. You guys have been getting some good goaltending from Stuart Skinner over the last month. Just thoughts on uh, Calvin Pickard coming in here and playing some really good hockey. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've both been great. When, when Picks has been in there, uh, he's had some huge nights for us as well. So, um, you know, both guys, when they get in there, we have lots of confidence and um, obviously bring the work ethic to, to the rink each and every day, and it pushes all of us. That is Darnell Nurse after the Oilers' victory. Thanks to Brendan Escott for bringing us the audio from the Oilers' dressing room tonight. So, the Oilers will try to make it 
16 consecutive wins on Saturday afternoon. Our next broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. It'll be 12.30 for the face-off show, 2 p.m. for the start of the game. You can get more on the Oilers, more on tonight's game on 630chet.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 630chet broadcasting compound. Pickard, the shutout, 27 saves, a couple goals for McDavid, Dreisaitl, three assists tonight. It is amazing, quite frankly. Now one of the five longest winning streaks ever to happen in the National Hockey League. 3-0 over Chicago tonight. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.